Well, good morning, everybody. You can say good morning in church. That's okay. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 2. Matthew, chapter 2, that would be good. Um, Before we get going, though, I'm going to share what the Lord has laid on my heart. Um, But before we get there, um, you are going to have to run the gauntlet after church, okay? Um, New Hope uh, Residential Center. uh, And if you haven't been there, by all means, come and visit us, okay? Uh, We'd like you to visit, see what we do. Ministry of the Church here, we house 23 people. Uh, We get no funding for doing it. We don't get any. We don't get a check off the government every month or anything like that to do what we do. So it really is a ministry of faith. Every Christmas we do bagpacking and we come and we ask is beg, plead, which is strong army is into helping us. Uh, but let me say we are really in need of your help this year. And uh, Anya and Alan are going to be at the back door uh, after I'm finished. Um, and I would very much and we really need you to volunteer to help us. And there's a note in your bulletin of what the, the days are. They start from Tuesday of Christmas week to the Friday of Christmas week. And what we're looking for is we're looking for people to volunteer to take at least one shift. And if you can do more, please do more. The shifts are going to run from Tuesday from 10 o'clock in the morning until 3 o'clock. And from 3 o'clock till 8 o'clock in the evening. So it's, it's like a five or six hour shift. We will provide you with a t-shirt and all that kind of stuff and some money for, for food. But please, please... Sign up to volunteer. We do not have enough people to do it. If we do not do the bagpacking well, we will not get the shop next year. And it's our biggest fundraiser at the end of the year. Uh, so really, for us to stay open and stay uh, been able to minister to the people we minister to, we need help and support from you. And, and we just ask that you would, uh, if you can at all, that you would give some time to it. We'd really appreciate it. So Alan and Anya are going to be out there. Um, make sure you look at them in the eye when you're walking past. <laughs> Don't walk past with your head down, okay? Uh, I asked for the back doors to be locked and for you to be let out one at a time. Seemingly that was illegal, uh, but uh, that's what I wanted. Uh, you had to sign to get out. Um, but listen, we really appreciate your help. And I know you know the work that goes in up there. People up there are volunteering and, and working for uh, absolutely very little. Some of them working for nothing. Um, but these times are the times that help us to be able to stay open and do what we do. So please, please help us this Christmas. Um, so with that being said, if you would uh, open up your Bible, you're in uh, Matthew chapter 2. Going to look at some um, a message on title of the message is something worth searching for. You know, in my ministry, um, I deal with a lot of people that are searching for something. You know, they're going through life and they're searching and normally they're searching in all the wrong places. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to come and preach uh, here. So, Pastor, thank you. Uh, But I love coming out to preach because I believe that that most people are out there and we're all looking for something. We're all searching for something. And you know what? I I work with a particular group of people, people with drug and alcohol issues and homeless issues and stuff like that. But you know what? We're all looking for something. We're all searching for something. You know, for the people I deal with, it's normally an escape or they're trying to make themselves happy or you know, for pleasure or pain relief or sometimes acceptance or, or even in a search for love. But you know what? I believe we're all searching for something. And, uh, you know, we're looking for our needs or our wants to be met. And this morning I want to encourage each one of us to start the search, but to start, start the search for something or someone better. You know, this Christmas, 
uh, I want you to really focus on what Christmas is all about. You know, Christmas is upon us. The trees are up. The lights are blinking. The shops are full. The wallets are empty. Um, and uh, Well, most of our wallets are empty. Uh, and what I would say is we need to be searching in the right place. You can spend all the money that you have and still not find what you're searching for. You can dedicate your life to certain things and you'll never find what you're really looking for. God is really what we're looking for. Sometimes we just don't know it. Let us go before the Lord in prayer and then we'll get into the message. Father in heaven, I do pray. Lord, you'd help uh, my voice as I preach. I pray you'd help me to preach. Fill me with your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would uh, enable us to, to hear the message this morning. And Lord, I pray that the message would have impact on hearts, that your word would be very clear to us this morning. And Lord, it would be an encouragement and a challenge to us. Help us to search in the right places this year, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So uh, with all the busyness of Christmas, it can be hard to see God. You know, we're so blinded by Santa, the reindeers and all the presents that we miss the, we miss Christ, we miss the crib, and we often miss the cross in Christmas. And let me encourage you, this year we want to make sure we refocus and we focus on what Christmas is really all about. I read this this morning. It said a television interviewer was walking down the streets of Tokyo at Christmas time. And it's much like in Ireland, you know, uh, everybody's busy, they're all shopping in, in Japan just like here. And an interviewer stopped one young, young, one, stopped one, one young woman walking down the road and he asked her a question. And he says to her, what's the meaning of Christmas? And she looks at him and thinks, isn't that when Jesus died? And isn't that so true? We so miss Jesus at Christmas when he's really the reason for Christmas. But because of what we've done with being materialistic and looking for spending money and looking for presents, we really miss the true gift of Christmas. So this year, uh, this morning, I'd like to encourage you to spend some time searching for God. And whatever it takes us to, you know, in life to, to find God, it'll be worth it. You know, in Job, we're not going to turn there for time's sake. Yours are going to stay in, in Matthew, and we're going to get there in a sec. In the book of Job, Job says this. He says, Behold, I go forward, but he was not there. I am backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he, try, when he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You know what, Job went around his life and he was searching, he was looking, and he found it very hard to see God. He had a lot of issues in his life that we know, but it can be hard to see God. Jeremiah twenty nine fourteen says, And ye shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You know what, there's going to be a lot of things this Christmas trying to get a hold of your heart. You know what, there's a lot of advertisement trying to get a hold of your heart and your wallet. There's a lot of stuff trying to get a hold of your time. Let me encourage you, spend time this Christmas and really focus on seeking and searching for Jesus this Christmas. You know what, it's amazing that God actually invites us to go looking for him and to give a diligent search to find him out. You know, we seek, and if we seek him, we'll find him, but it's not always easy. You know, um, in Jesus in the Bible, uh, you'll read, if you read the, the Gospels, you know, People searched for him a few times. Remember when he was about 12 years of age? Uh, Mary and Joseph, Jesus had kind of disappeared. They were like, where's Jesus? And they weren't searching for him and found him in the temple. We remember that. You know, we read about the multitudes from all over uh, coming to, to uh, search for Jesus. 
uh, and to see him and to see what he was doing and the miracles that he was performing in the Gospels. But the most amazing search for Jesus was just after Jesus' birth or the time of Jesus' birth. And we sang about them this morning, the wise men coming to seek Jesus. And you know what? There's some lessons that we need to learn from the wise men, and that's what we're going to focus on this morning. You know, everyone uh, once in a while will, you know, seek after, seek after God. But you know what? These men didn't only just seek. They dedicated their lives in their efforts to find the Son of God. You know what? These wise men searched for him. They traveled far to find him. And you know what? Sometimes we read the story, and I've read it a few times already this Christmas. Uh, we read the story of the, uh, of the first Christmas, and we have read it so many times. If you've been in church for a long time, you have heard pastor preach Christmas messages every single year. Uh, of probably two chapters of the Bible every single year, uh, and that'll be Matthew chapter 2 and Luke chapter 2, I think it is, 1 or 2. And, uh, you know, you will, you will have, if you go through your life and you spend, spend your life in church, you will have heard probably, you know, 60 different messages on Christmas. And you know the idea. You know, I've always said what should be in the, in the, in the crib, what should be in the, uh, in the story. You could come up and you could tell me all the stuff. You know, we're often so familiar with it that it's unfamiliar to us. And we just miss it. And the old saying, you don't see the wood from the trees. You know what, we can be often so close to the situation or seen it so many times that it loses its impact. So this morning, as we uh, refocus our eyes on a search for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords named Jesus, you know what, it's time to travel back just like these wise men and put ourselves in the, in the life and in the, the footsteps of these men as they set out and travel to seek after their king. You know what? It can be really hard for us to, to seek after God and find God because, you know what, we live in a world that everything is focused upon getting our attention off God. So it can be really fo- hard for us to actually focus on God. So it really takes effort for us. And as we, we look and remind ourselves, you know, I read a, a verse out of Jeremiah 29, 13, and it says, if you seek me, and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And the, with all your heart is the most important part. Jesus doesn't want to be just a tag on to our Christmas. He just doesn't want to be, you know, the message because it's December. He wants to be the main focus. Christmas is all about Christ. But oftentimes, it's all about us. So, as we look and we seek after Jesus, we need to make sure that we're uh, doing it with our whole heart. You know, just so you know, so, so a lot of people kind of think that the, the three wise men turned up a, a, at Jesus when he was in the, when he was in the crib and he was uh, in the stable. Uh, that's not the story. The, the shepherds came to the, to, the, to the stable. The three wise men didn't. That was afterwards. Jesus and Mary were at home in their house with Jesus at that point. So it's a different time uh, in Christmas. So I want you to get that. You'll read that in Matthew 2.11. Uh, you know, some say it could have been up to two years after Jesus uh, was born. We don't know. The, the men traveled for a long time from possibly Babylon. But um, Herod, remember Herod after Jesus was born? He killed all the kids, two and under, just to make sure. Um, so the Christmas message is, a, you know, is not just a happy-go message often that we read. 
you know, there was a lot, there was a bloodbath after Jesus was born trying to kill him. And you know what? Um, these men, these wise men, these seekers, well, who were they? Let's look at Matthew 2. Matthew 2. Um, in your Bibles. Matthew 2, great chapter of the Bible. And it starts in verse 1. It says, Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. You know what? Uh, these wise men, you know, who are they? Where did they come from? You know, why did God choose them? Some of the answers to those questions I really don't know, and, and I've, I've been looking, and, and it can be very hard to figure it out. It doesn't, it, does not, it doesn't tell you. Why did God choose the shepherds? Well, I'm not too sure, but he, he, he calls himself a shepherd at times. He must have a, a, a liking for shepherds, and uh, the, uh, the idea of that's the way he's going to treat us. But you know what? Uh, I don't know why he chose these wise men. Or maybe I have some inkling into it, and I'll share that with you. You know, who were the wise men? They were men that studied. They were men that, they were learned men. You know, they loved to learn. They, you know, they, they wanted to find stuff out. They were philosophers, maybe, counselors, astronomers. They looked at the stars. You know, they were men that read the Bible, that read books. You know, they were looking uh, and searching out, and they came across this idea of, the Messiah would come and be born. But they didn't just read it as something that's in a book. You know, they absolutely believed it. And there came a point in time in their lives where these wise men decided to apply what they've learned, apply what they've read into their lives, and it was life-changing for them. And oftentimes for us, if we would just apply what we knew, it would be life-changing for us. These wise men, you know, uh, you know, where did they get the idea of Jesus? Well, you know what? There was prophecies in the scripture uh, that talked about the Messiah coming. You know, and, you know, thousands and thousands upon really smart people and wise people in the world seek for Jesus. And listen, wise men still seek Jesus. And to be truly wise, you must seek Jesus. You know, these men that we're talking about, they were unusual men. You know, they were interested in the Bible. They were interested in Jewish things. You know, they were men from the East. You know, they dedicated their lives to learn, and they dedicated their lives to study. You know, uh, study was part of their life. Learning was part of their life. You know, most people in the Bible, even in those days, and, and much like our day, ignore the Bible. But these men studied the Bible. These men expected what was written in Scripture to actually happen. And they were on the lookout for it. They dedicated their lives to seek after the Messiah. You know, they were, they were really observant in what they'd done. They paid close attention and careful attention to the details. You know what? They were men who saw detail. Now, my wife is sitting there, and she knows I do not, do not see detail. Uh, there was talk about a picture of a penguin being put up in my house weeks ago. I only saw the thing for the first time the other day. And it's been in my, in my uh, kitchen uh, for a couple of weeks. And it's not small. It's like pretty big. Uh, these penguins have been looking at me, but, but I didn't see it. Sometimes stuff can be looking us in the face, and we just don't see it. Because we're not really looking. These men were searching the scriptures, and they were looking for answers. They were looking to find out when he would come. 
where he would come to. And when you seek, you shall find. And these men did find that. They are observant men. You know, these men just didn't see the words, you know, on the page. They saw pieces of a puzzle. They studied the Bible to know its truth. They studied the Bible to know its author. You know, it takes effort to hear uh, what the Bible is saying. You know, we know Matthew 4, 4, and he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. You know, these were faithful men. You know, they set out on their search, and it wasn't going to be easy for them, but they stayed at the search until they found the Messiah. They didn't give up quickly. Often our walk with God, you know, we, you know, we come across some struggles and difficulties, and what do we do? We often stop searching for God. We give up walking with God. We walk away. Too often we're looking for a really quick fix. We're looking to put no effort in at all. We're looking to just get in and get out that it won't cost us anything. When a true search for the Savior will always cost. It will always take time. And these men were willing to put the time in. They were faithful men. They were not going to quit. You know, they set out from a different culture. They crossed many miles. You know, they were looking to find what they had read about. They didn't have mobile phones or sat-navs or anything like that. What were they following? They were following what they had read in Scripture and a star that had appeared. And these men, you know, they followed what they had read in the Scripture. They were faithful men that wouldn't quit. And a truly wise man will not abandon a search because of the amount of discouragements. These men didn't, didn't give up when it got hard. When they looked at the distances they had to travel, they didn't give up. What about their search? Let's look at the Bible, read a couple of verses. And uh, verse 1, And now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is, the, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and all the people together, he demanded uh, of them that where the Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written of the, uh, by the prophet, that thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah uh, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor, and he shall rule my, my people Israel. And shall rule my people Israel. Skip down to verse 9. And when they had he- heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood where the young child was. See the way it's not a baby, it's now a young child. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. So what was their method they used in their search? Well, they, they pursued in the knowledge that they had already attained. And when you're pursuing after God, you go with the knowledge that you have. You know, what you've seen God do, what you've read about God, that's what they done. And then they trusted in God for heavenly guidance. You know, he sent the star to guide them. He leaded them on their way. And you will find as you seek after God, God will lead you to himself. And they also used earthly means. You know what, these magi or wise men, they consulted Herod. They went and asked men for advice and counsel. And, uh, you know, we often have to do that too. 
The problem was they turned up at Herod's door and Herod wasn't a nice guy. So uh, Herod wasn't looking for, for the Messiah. He was looking to kill the Messiah. You know what? But we need to go and we need help from men. We need help from God. And we need to pursue after God with the knowledge that we already have. You know what? What were these men looking for? Well, most people in our world today, you know, they're searching for all sorts of stuff, but they don't really know what they're searching for. I wonder, do you know what you're looking for? You know what? For most, it's they're looking for a new friend or a new buzz or a few quid or, you know, maybe a new relationship, you know. Uh, But you don't really know what you're looking for often. These men knew what they were looking for. They were looking for a newborn king. They were looking for somewhere, they were looking somewhere in Israel and he would be known as the Messiah. You know, that's who they they were looking for. You know, how did they know the way? Well, they saw it in the Bible. They, they saw the star, you know, uh, and they, they, I suppose, went and, you know, the people that didn't really believe, they got some inkling off them through uh, what, uh, what Herod said to them. In Micah 5, 2, turn over there to Micah 5. That's an important verse. Keep your hand on Matthew 2. But Micah, um, not far into your, uh, your Old Testament there, you're going to find the book of Micah. And... Um, You know, these wise men probably read the, the, the book of Micah, and, and particularly Micah 5.2. Um, you always hate when the preacher tells you to turn to a book like Micah, don't you? Because you're like, is that even in the Bible? Uh, yeah, it's in there. It's near the end of uh, the Old Testament. Um, but uh, let me read it anyway. You can find it later on if you haven't got there. Micah 5.2 says this. It says, But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, uh, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, uh, that is to be the ruler in Israel, whose going forth have I been from old and f- uh, from everlasting. In Isaiah 40, verse 9, it says, O Zion, uh, that bringest good tidings, get thee unto the high mountain, O Jerusalem, and bringest uh, good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength, lift up. Uh, lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. You know, the prophecies in the Old Testament said that the uh, Messiah would be born in, uh, in Bethlehem. You know, that's where it was going to be born. And, you know, the Messiah was coming. These men knew he was coming. Um, you know, they'd read about it. And they understood it to a point. They didn't understand everything, I'm sure, but they understood it to a point. And, and then they, they read about the star. And num- we're not going to turn there, but Numbers 24, 17 says, uh, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. There shall come a star out of Jacob. You know, uh, reading about um, the star, they came across the star. They somehow realized and put two and two together, and they realized this is the time that the Messiah is being born. You know, they read about a new ruler that was to come. You know what? God was going to be a ruler like none other. Everybody expected the Messiah to come and, and to be some kind of, you know, uh, warlord and, and start killing Romans. But he came and done the exact opposite. 
And God never does what we expect him to do. You know what? God's ways are so different than our ways. And we see things so different than he sees them. But here you had some wise men and they were seeking the scriptures with an honest heart. They were reading things like Isaiah 9, 6. And it says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You know what? They knew who was coming. They knew what he was going to be. They just needed to find him. You know what? They were guided by a star. And it was an unusual star. It wasn't there all the time. And it actually disappeared along the way, I believe, according to what we read. And it appeared about the the time of Jesus' birth. And what's what's amazing when you look at any, you know, rulers and stuff like that, even, you know, Pharaoh associated himself with the, the morning star, or what he would call Venus, And uh, when stars appear, they think of themselves as high and lofty rulers. But you know what? These men, these wise men, saw over uh, Babylon, somewhere in the east, you know, they saw the star. And they recognized that this star is the star that they'd read about. And they set out about following it. Now, nobody else in, in, in their neck of the woods, nobody else in Babylon, there wasn't some big trove of people seeking out the Messiah, Uh, Because they saw the star. You know, this star shone around Babylon and they followed it. And, you know, it it disappeared, like I said. And what you'll find is uh, they had to go in and ask um, Herod for directions, basically. The star got them as far as Jerusalem. And it seems like it's not there because they actually go in and ask where the Messiah is. Where's the king that was born? Um, so they don't really know where to go at that point. So they go in and ask counsel of Herod. Uh, and obviously that doesn't go so well in verse 2 of Matthew 2. But, um, you know, uh, it, it reappears somehow after they leave Herod. And they find it over, uh, over a village. And they go and find the Messiah there. You know, God will use the supernatural to help you to know your way. He can lead you and stop you at times if you'll just be open to that. You know, God can tell you. Do you ever get that still, small voice in your heart when you're about to do something wrong? And what does it say to you? Don't do that. Do you ever get that? Don't say that. Oh, that's, that's, that's God, you know. God can use those little things in us uh, to lead us and guide us. But these men, he used the star. And you know, it wasn't some great star that was so obvious that everybody followed it, but it was different. And it was, uh, it was for a purpose. You know, the people didn't believe. You know, when the wise men went and they stopped Herod, uh, Herod's uh, palace and they asked for directions, they expected that more people, when they went in, would be searching for the Messiah. They had the same information that everybody else had. They expected that other people would be seeking. But what they found was something very much different. You know, what they found was Herod, even though he had wise men around him and smart people around him, that nobody was searching for this newborn king. Nobody was looking for this newborn king. Nobody cared enough to look. Nobody cared enough to seek after him. You know what? Sometimes we can read stuff and we can miss the whole point of it. And I'm sure that's what happened here. In December 1903, after many attempts, the Wright brothers were successful in getting their flying machine off the ground. 
thrilled they telegraphed their message to their sister, Catherine. And they said, we have actually flown 120 feet. We'll be home for Christmas. Catherine hurried to the editor of the local newspaper and showed him the message. And at a glance, he says, oh, how nice the boys are going to be home for Christmas. What did they do? He read the story, missed the most important bit, and went on to the boys be home for Christmas. Isn't that what we often do? Isn't that what the wise men around Herod done? They read the story, but they missed the most important bit, that the Messiah would be born. You know what? Even though they actually knew the prophecies, even though they had the God's promises in the Bible, even though they needed the same help that he would offer, nobody was interested in finding such a king. And the challenge for us is, are you searching for the king? Are you looking for a changed life? Are you looking to get saved? Are you looking to know that you have a home in heaven when you die? Are you searching for Jesus? Don't turn back there, but in Micah, we read it a couple of minutes ago, and at the end of the verse, it says, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. You know, careful thought when we're reading the Bible that we need to make sure that we see what the whole message says and not just what we want to read out of it. Because if you look back in Matthew with me, Matthew 2, I want to just take your attention to verse 3. And it says, When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, so he got around all the, as he taught, all the wise people around him and all the priests, all the religious crowd, and he asked them and he demanded of them where the Christ should be born. And what did they tell him? They said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah shall uh, not be least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come forth a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Well, the thing is, what they left out was, they left out the end of the verse in Micah, which says, whose goings forth are come from old, from everlasting. You see, there's a huge difference between a normal king that's going to be born somewhere and the Messiah and the king of kings who's born, and he's from old, from everlasting. You see, the baby that was born in the manger that day, he was sovereign. And Pastor touched upon it earlier. The, uh, the sovereign uh, God was born that day. And in verse 2 it says, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? That's what the, the wise men said. For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. You know what? They weren't just coming to meet this new king. They were coming to worship the king. Look at verse 11 of Matthew 2. And it says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down. They didn't just stay standing there. Even though they were really wise and intelligent and, you know, wise men, they fell down, the Bible says, and worshipped him. You know what? They didn't worship Mary and Joseph. They didn't worship Mary. You know, when they came in, they, they really didn't acknowledge Mary and Joseph at all. And you know what? It's really important that you understand. Mary and Joseph, although important parts of the Christmas story... They are not the most important part of the story. The central figure in all history from your calendar to what you do every day is Jesus Christ. 
And when the wise men stepped into the room that day, they didn't come to see Mary. They didn't come to see Joseph. And one important thing to say about Mary, Mary's a great character to study, and I've studied her a lot this week. We have this idea, especially being brought up in, 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 in Ireland, that Mary was the mother of God. Did you ever hear that? Mary, mother of God? Do you know that Mary's not the mother of God? Do you know God has no mother? He is from everlasting to everlasting. He has had no beginning and he will have no end. We, you know, Mary had the son of God. She is not the mother of God. That's hard to get your head around. But that's the truth. Mary wasn't there at the beginning. She was just a woman that God used. And she's a great character to study. You know, she's the mother of the Son of God. In Luke one thirty five, it says, And the angel answering said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also he that, uh, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Did you ever hear Jesus being called the holy thing? <laughs> That's what he's called uh, in, in Luke one thirty five, And he shall be called the Son of God. You know what? Uh, in our culture, Mary gets blown up and gets, gets herself in, in a, a bad rep in a sense when you read the scriptures compared to what she's made out to be. But she is just blessed among women. She is just a, a, a woman that God used like he used Moses, like he used Joshua, like he used Peter and all those different, different characters in the Bible. But no different. We should never pray to her. When the wise men walked into the room, they didn't pray to Mary. They didn't fall down and worship Mary. They worshiped too. Jesus. Things haven't changed, folks. We need to worship Jesus and nobody else. Um, but what responsibility she had. Can you imagine being told by an angel that you were going to look after the Son of God? What an amazing story. You know what? These, these men, these wise men, they came and they, were, they found what they were looking for. They found that young child, the, the infant. He was growing up a bit. He was a young child, but he was the king. Uh, he was a king. He was the king. He was the king of kings. Uh, they came and they worshipped him, uh, the Bible says. You know, he was the, not just a baby. Uh, he was not just a body. He was not just a story. But here in that room, in, in, that, in that bed, in that house that day, they found the Jehovah God of the Old Testament that was wrapped in skin. He was the creator, the sustainer of all life, the creator of the stars. He was the voice of Mount Sinai. And here he is. Uh, as a little infant, as a little uh, young child, you know, googling, probably dribbling, you know, teething. All his parents will know what that's like. Yes, I'm sure Jesus had his teething moments too. Um, he wasn't he wasn't born with a full set of teeth. Uh, he had to go through all that. But you know what? He was all that. But he was everything else. And never at any point in time did he ever lose his power. And you know what? He was the creator of the world lying there. And those wise men walked into that room. They rightly and justly fell upon their knees and worshipped. And I want you to think about their worship. What's it like when we come to worship compared to when they came to worship? They traveled a long, long time and through the desert, through the heat. You know, they traveled a long way. They traveled not really knowing what they were going to find at the end of it, if they were going to find anything at all. They followed because they had read it in the scriptures. And when they came to worship, they fell down at Jesus' feet and worshipped him. 
And I want you to remember something. When we come to worship, our worship is no different or no less important than their worship was that day. They were just ordinary Joe Soaps like us that found something out about God and saw after him. If you found out about God, you need to come the way they did, and you need to come and you need to worship God the way he would have you to worship. Remember the, the, the disciples, they, uh, you know, they said, we have found him, talking about Jesus and John, uh, you know, Philip and all that kind of stuff. I wonder, have you found him? Well, when they found him, they done something else. Look at Matthew two eleven, and I'm just done. Matthew two eleven, and they were come unto the house, and they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and more. You know what? They they look what they brought Jesus. What did they first bring him? Well, they presented themselves to him. I wonder, have you done that? Have you presented yourself to Jesus this Christmas? Does he have you? They brought him gifts. You know what? It was was expected if you're going to see a king that you bring him a gift. And they brought him three gifts. That's how we think there was three wise men. But it doesn't actually say three. But that's how we think there was three. You know, uh, they were sincere about their surrender to Jesus. This was not just something they were doing. They had dedicated their lives to this, uh, this moment. You know what? They offered themselves... They offered the gifts. They presented gold, frankincense, and more. Why them gifts? Well, gold was given to Jesus as a king. The frankincense was given as an honor to God, as, as a, an incense type thing, as a sweet smell and savor to God. And then you had the more, which they wouldn't have understood at the time, but he was going to be, uh, he was going to die for mankind, and, and more is something that's used when embalming dead bodies. You know, the whole. Uh, story is there. You know what? God requires you to give him stuff as well this Christmas, even today. What's he looking for? Well, Jesus calls us and he wants us to give him gifts. And he requests them that we give them to him. He, you know what? He wants your worries and concerns this Christmas. He tells us in the Bible that casting all your care upon him for he cared it for you. You could give Jesus your, your worries and concerns this Christmas. You know, what he's, you know what else he's looking for? He's looking for your sin. He is looking to pay the price for your sin. If you're not saved this morning, Jesus Christ paid and the ultimate price for your sin and my sin. Don't hold off giving it to him. He wants to, he wants to save you. He wants to deal with your sin. You know, give it to him this Christmas. Don't hold on to it. You hold on to it. It's going to cost you more than you ever thought. Uh, you are going to be able to pay. It's going to cost you an eternity. You know what? These wise men came to worship. They came to worship with their time. They gave their best. They, they, they gave their whole hearts. And an exchange took place. You know what? They came and gave gifts and gave themselves and gave time. But you know what they left with when they walked out of that house that day? They left with full hearts, full, filled with God, knowing that God was real, the Bible was true, that our sin was forgiven, the Messiah had come, and Jesus Christ had come into the world to save sinners. That's what they knew that day when they walked home. You know what the Bible says? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know what? God wants you to accept the gift that he has given. And if you accept that gift, he will give you a new direction. He will give you a new purpose in life. 
Life will no longer be lived in order to get to heaven, but life will be lived rather uh, as because we're going to heaven now. It will change the way you live and why you live. Real salvation, when somebody comes and gets saved, will change the way you live. It will change your outlook on life. It will change how you treat others. It will change how you treat yourself. It will change everything about you. And the offer this Christmas comes from the Messiah himself. And he says, come, seek after him. Seek after him. You know what? Christ was content with a stable when he was born so that you could have a mansion when you die. Don't refuse him the gift that he offers. Are you searching for Jesus? Are you searching for more? Be like the wise men. Search for Jesus.